they try to put us away But when they see us walk down the street, they ran the other way Music can only one mean one thing, and it's the Freebirds. It's Bad Street, Bad Street USA, and the Freebirds going into the Hall of Fame. And that means the PW Pop Roundtable. We're doing the Hall of Fame edition today, and I'm joined by two PW Pop personalities. We've got Sean, Big Daddy Brown. What's going on, Mr. Sean? Hello, everybody. How's it going? And we've got Mr. Richard from The Bite. What's going on, Richard? Oh, long time no listen. Well, good to have you on board. Good to have you uh, listening and providing your thoughts on all the action that will be the Hall of Fame tonight. And, of course, last night what had happened. Uh, my name is Greg. I'm from Respect to Matt Wrestling Podcast. And you fans can listen live. Join in the chat. Just go to pwpop.com forward slash listen live. Again, pwpop.com forward slash listen live. We're going to be talking about all the guys going into the Hall of Fame tonight. And also, touch base a little bit about NXT. Thoughts, you know, uh, hours later, day later after the action had happened there in the NXT, which was incredible. Uh, so we're going to discuss that as well. And uh, I'd say let's just jump right into it. Uh, last night, NXT making big news. Vince McMahon was there watching the Nakamura match as well. That was a standout, probably the standout match last night. Amongst many, uh, I'll say this, Richard... Thoughts on real quick, just last night overall on that NXT show. They set the bar extremely high. And I'm just hoping Vince is smart enough to keep it going. I agree. I agree. I hope as well. We will see. Uh, but it, it, it proved very good last night. So the fans went nuts. The feedback's positive. Uh, I'm hoping. Uh, what about you, Mr. Brown? Thoughts on last night's NXT show? Simply put, that's what wrestling should be. I agree. I agree. It definitely should be. Uh, and was last night. That was just outstanding. We got a hell of a show. So let's break it down. I mean, champions lost titles last night. New people made their debut. Austin Aries, probably a little overshadowed by Nakamura, but... You know, worked with Baron Corbin. I want to start with that. That might have been the, the only kind of down match of the night. Thoughts on uh, Baron Corbin there, Richard? I think putting him in a match with Austin, the experience Aries had was actually a good move for WWE. It's just, it kind of seemed, I don't know, spotty at best. 
just because it's like I haven't seen Baron wrestle in at least on NXT in a few weeks. I know he's done house shows and whatnot, but it just seemed like he wasn't a hundred percent like he usually is. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, Austin Aries put in a lot of work to make the match happen. Limited. They didn't really didn't hit any of his uh, signature moves, so to speak. I mean, Sean, it, tough, tough to be your first match to be Baron Corbin. Do you think Baron Cor- Corbin did it, Austin any favors? I I really didn't mind the match. I thought it told a, a good story as far as big man versus little guy. I think it's more of an issue of that's what happens when you mesh type that type of two different types of wrestling uh, styles together. It's not always going to be a fluid match. Hmm. Yeah, and, and I think uh, last night you saw that a little bit. I mean, good work. You know, it was what it was. I, I just, for me, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Baron Corbin, but Austin Aries, bright future. You know, high. You know, as bright as a star, you could say, an Austin star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 but uh, we'll see. Uh, definitely good stuff all around. Move on to probably another match. Uh, you know, the match everyone else is talking about too is the uh, tag team title match. The revival losing to American Alpha. Uh, American Alpha, man, they, they're they're running high, they're running strong, uh, timing, everything is perfect right now. Great time for them to get grab those belts. What do you guys think about that match? Al- American Alpha is over, big time, and it's something they did on their own. They didn't, you know, need any fancy gimmicks. Neither of them have that. I would say you know, over-the-top gimmick. They just, they're using what their talent is. And at least with the writing staff and NXT, they are really putting them up against a lot of teams. I could see them putting up against any team on the main roster, and they would win. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And we will see what will happen there. I mean, what do you think, uh, Mr. Brown? What do you like, American Alpha? I mean, they're they're hard to beat right now. They're hot. I agree. Um, I was I thought it was refreshing to see an old tag team style wrestling match where both sides were u- utilizing the tag team uh, style the way it should be instead of it being a matter of you close off somebody on the corner and beat down on the guy and waiting for a hot tag and that finishes the match. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I, in the ring, they're both a machine, and I think they both can go individually at some point and have great individual careers. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, eventually, down the road, I'd like to see some somehow Kurt Angle <laughs> give them a nod of affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. Uh, real quick, do want to shout out to the Dean of Extreme. Good to have you with us. He was hanging out with us all day yesterday as we did the Respect the Mat Rewind, WrestleMania Rewind, and. Did all the great NXT pre, post show, and live commentary. It's good to have you on board again, Dean. Uh, you fans again, pwpop.com forward slash listen live. That's where you can get all the Hall of Fame information tonight and leading into all the festivities tomorrow with WrestleMania going into Monday Night Raw Monday. Now, looking back at the matches, Bailey versus Asuka. Oof. Oh, man. Uh, Great match for Bailey, but taking the loss in a, a, a respectful way, as we've seen before. I mean, what'd you guys think about this match, Richard? I I was actually surprised at how 
fluid Bailey was in matching Asuka submission for submission. I mean, because we've all seen how Asuka can lock in that arm bar out of nowhere. I mean, when Bailey hit that leg lock, that heel hold, I was like, oh, wait, wait, well, hold up, rewind. How fast did that happen? <laughs> it was just like a, if you blinked, you missed it. I couldn't believe how she was matching her for the longest time. I actually thought they were going to have Bailey retain at one point. Then I'm like, wait a minute, there's the lock. Yeah, she's not going to get out of it. And then I was like, yeah, the minute she locked it in the second time, I'm like, yep, she ain't going to tap. They're going to have her pass out. And to keep her looking, still looking like a good two-time champ eventually, maybe. No, that is a very respectful way to, you know, lose the title as as I kind of predicted it may happen in that manner. Uh, but now the other question is rematch main roster. What are we going to see now for Bailey? I would just I assume see that they rematch. move her. Yeah, let's go with uh, Sean Big Daddy Brown. I-, I would just assume see him move her up to the main roster, then go after a rematch. Hmm. Even though she just passed out. Yeah, because I mean, are are you going to have her be the first person to beat Oscar? Does it does that do anything to uh, further anything in that division? If she was to ignore it, at least it leaves a door open for a rematch at some point down the road. I would hope that that rematch would be on the main roster. Mm. Maybe yeah. the you know Bailey has the championship, and Oscar comes in, and they can build up the fact that. She hasn't beaten Asuka, and Asuka was the one that took the title away from her. Keeping that uh, storyline going uh, throughout, you know, cross organization, so to speak, that would be great. Because, I mean, if she, if she goes down and has another match with her, I mean, that's fine. But I would assume that you would have her lose because it, if Bailey win the title back and keeping the title, I don't know what that does for the division itself. Whereas if you have Asuka as an undefeated champion uh, with taking on all comers, I think that's more that's a that's a that's a better storyline. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I can say that too. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this, Richard? Yeah, you know, I could see you know them doing like one more re- doing a rematch before Bailey gets caught up to the main roster and having Asuka win, and then you know doing a big match on you know some pay-per-view down the line where Bailey's the champ and Asuka come out and say, hey, I've beaten you twice for the NXT title. I can beat you again. And then, you know, like the third time's the charm, so to speak. And Yeah, it very well could be that. Uh, it, it, it leaves a lot of intrigue. I say, you know, I, I don't know if I want her on that main roster just yet, but being that it's WrestleMania time, it may be a great time on Monday Night Raw to have something of that nature happen. Uh, it'd be great for that crowd. It would definitely they would respond the way you would want them to respond if she came out on Monday. Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely want her on the main roster if they're doing what's been talked about with uh, rebranding the title as a woman's title, not a huh. diva's title. Yeah, that is supposed to happen Monday. I think it's more than a rumor. I, I mean, I'm hoping that now yeah, that is supposed to happen officially Monday. Because as much as they built up the fact that she defined what the NXT women's title was, maybe you 
lead to that as far as the women's title. Yeah. Well, let me ask. Does I wonder if the fact that they're changing it, does that go inside with maybe a change in who the champion is for the women's division? This is when Sasha Banks takes it. Mm-hmm. I wonder. That's going to be a hell of a match from for WrestleMania. But we will see. But um, All right. So looking at some of the other matches for last night, let me take a look here. I mean, hell, let's just let's jump into the one that's playing right now on the network. They've pretty much are playing it on rewind. The match between first time in the WWE Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. I mean, I mean, really, holy shit, great match, uh, a, a, a dream match. Uh, oh yeah. And you both have watched this, or of course, and I don't, I've watched it twice. Yeah, I watched I watched NXT again this morning. Actually, I wanted to see, just wanted to watch it again. Yeah, it's not often you get a fight forever chant. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they could have gone. I mean, I think if they had wanted to, I think they could have had them go for an hour. <laughs> and I know they both could go. Oh yeah, I'm seeing them both go. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder if maybe all jokes aside, maybe that little fight forever is a. You know, they just knew that that was going to happen. They give them extra time because, of course, we missed the Samson match. Not, I don't think anyone cared <laughs> on the main on the main show. That was a dark match. But this match, I mean, they pulled out all the stops. It was everything. They 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 fought for the fans that didn't know, like they've been fighting forever, and they they are very familiar with each other. Mm-hmm. And I liked how they said that this was their first ever meeting with each other. And I'm like, uh, uh, no. Yeah. They've had tag matches against each other. Yeah, including Pac in one of them. Mm-hmm. So, very familiar and with each Steen other. Steen and Generico, back when they were both in ROH, they had a match in, New J- in Japan against Nakamura and uh, I can't remember the tag partner at the time. But it wasn't Pac, it was... Ghetto, I think it was. Yeah, I think you're right. But, I mean, you've got Nakamura, who's fought a lot of guys on the roster. I mean, of course, AJ Styles, as we know. Brock Lesnar, as we know. I mean, so many. I mean, Kevin Owens, you're right with Ring of Honor. And in tag matches. And every... uh, He is really a huge wild card. Yeah. And with what they did last night, like I said, we saw the tweet. From Triple H, he took a picture of Vince watching. <laughs> I was actually surprised Vince was there. He's like, God damn, this guy's good. And he's probably thinking, <sighs> I booked this for here. What am I going to do tomorrow, son of a bitch? Uh, and, and I'm sorry, I'm reacting, to, and I agree, and I, I'm reacting to, they just showed the spot of where Nakamura hits uh, with the knee from the side. Of Zane's head and then drops in the back of Zane's head while he's laid yeah. over the edge of the mat there. Man. Great stuff. Incredible. Incredible action. Uh mm. holy shit, you both are great. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, everything. The fan this is just a dream match, and they they provided. Uh, this is easily, I would say, a match of the year candidate. Oh yeah, now. easily. Do we dare say we're going to see a? Oh my God, that's good. Are we? Do we dare say we're going to see a better match at Mania? 
I uh, hope. <laughs> Richard. You want Mania to be remembered for Mania, not for NXT. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, what do you say? I mean, are we going to see something where we're going to be like, oh my God, at yeah. Mania? I would say the leading candidate to do that would be Jericho and Styles if they give it enough time. Um, I mean, the other matches have the chances of being memorable. I just don't think necessarily for the same for their wrestling style. I yeah. think you know Shane and Undertaker could be a great match, but it's not going to be because of the the way that they wrestled. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, great spot there. Uh, I uh, incredible. So great action. I think this this match set a huge tone for the whole Mania weekend. Uh, we really have to kick some ass. And as I'm watching this match, no one's sitting. I mean, no, I noticed that too. Nobody was sitting. I, I don't know if they ever did sit. I mean, okay, they kind of sit, you know, kind of half sitting down and. Then they'll get back like, up again. And no and... sooner hit the chair, oh, something big happens. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> I love it. I they love almost it. did a disservice to the ladies by having that match right before the title match. Mm. If their if the title match if their match hadn't been as good, oh yeah, definitely. But but it was a hell of a match, a similar match, in right? Some and that's the problem. I mean, as great as the for the it being a women's match, it was great. But it still looked a little bit less than what we just saw the match previous. Yeah. Oh, man. Diving elbow or knee thrust into the side of Zane's head. Man. Uh, if he's not hurting this morning, I, I'm going to be surprised. <laughs> oh, he was hurting. He was hurting. You can see he, he got a bell rung a little bit in that match. Yeah. Then that running, oh. that running side savat kick type move. <laughs> Where he doesn't hit with the foot, he uses where your foot and leg cup together to catch a. Oh. Yeah. I was hoping he'd use his uh, Bumaye knee, but. Oh, but I just saw a Michinoku driver. Man, yeah. he just jammed him with it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, incredible match. You know, a classic, an instant classic, really. Uh, <laughs> Wow, and Zayn still has to be wrestling on the WrestleMania in that ladder match for the Intercontinental title. What do you think his chances are to win that title after such a showing? After that match, I don't know. I mean, rumors are he might be the one to take it. I personally maybe would see Kevin Owens retain and maybe lose it on Monday night. Yeah, because that's why I was, I was picking Owens to retain. Yeah, he's brought respect to the title. He's excellent. He is Kevin Owens, as if you're a fan. Sean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, it's between Owens and and Zayn as far as who wins that match. Uh, Sammy's going to be hurting after this week, after going through that match and then going through a ladder match. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the forearms alone. What the thirty-five, forty forearms they took. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those what three minutes of nothing but forearms. <laughs> He's going to need two weeks off just to recover. Oh, the yeah. bloody nose. Oh, man. I mean, mm, business. Uh, I wish JR was on it. He was watching, enjoying it. With Michelle Beadle. Yeah. Lucky. <laughs> what surprised me, though, was when they showed Bobby Roode there. 
You know, I was yeah. going to say about wild cards, Bobby Roode. What, what's your thought on that? About what does it make any sense on an event like that to introduce somebody? Mm, visibility. Really. Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to say for the NXT roster, it, it would be a huge addition. It's a big deal for wrestling fans uh, to let them let us know. Hey, look what we're, we've got it cooking for you guys. Yeah, but I mean, it, okay. Would you would you make an uh, a debut at WrestleMania? Bobby would you Root. have somebody debut? Well, uh, the first time you see him on camera is at WrestleMania. I wouldn't say no. Why not? You want it, it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for an impact, you know, you have, um, Bullet Club makes an appearance. You know, something like that. Maybe they help AJ Styles win. I it, mean, if we saw that, that would be exciting. Well, yeah, if they actually do something, that's that's one thing. But for them just to show them on camera? Yeah. <sighs> also, it depends on who it is. I mean, because, yeah, last night I was popping for Ibushi being shown. Yeah, I was like, whoa. I mean, that's Knowing big. the Cruiserweight series is coming up. <laughs> when he showed up, I was <laughs> for a good minute just like, oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Kota Ibushi, holy crap. Holy crap, he can do anything. And he's going to be there. <laughs> I mean, dream match galore, people. <laughs> yeah. But Bobby Roode, I I think it's good. I'm just glad he's going to be under that umbrella, working for the WWE. Everyone was worried. You know, it was said, oh, there's no one over there we're going to want to pick up. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah. I don't see Eric Young joining them, though. Why? I, I just think it's the way he's, the way Eric is, from what I hear. He, he's never wanted to go to WWE. I don't really. Austin Aries fits in that category. Remember, he I, was... I agree. I don't, I don't think Eric Young fits into the mold. Ah, he had his own TV show, though. Look how far he got with what little he was given. I mean, he had a TV show for a couple seasons. That's pretty good. That's something WWE might keep in the back of their head. I'd rather see him in ROH. I think he could do more. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that would be great. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know who he would actually replace in WWE. Like, where do you see him getting? I don't know. I haven't planned all that out, but... I, I mean, actually think he might go, go with uh, Jared if... He can keep Global Force up and running. Yeah, if that goes, yeah, that that would be a good option. But he is very versatile. I mean, we've seen the good guy Eric Young for a decade. We've seen heel Eric Young, uh, Santino-esque Eric Young. You know, we've seen so much out of him over the years. So, I don't know. Right, right program was presented. I don't know. But he has a talent I'd like just to make sure that he gets a, a good paycheck. Yeah. But... Very good, very good. So let's take a look. Uh, I guess let's look at that main event from last night. Last match of the night. Your champion, Finn Balor, versus the challenger, a hell of a challenger, Samoa Joe. Uh, that that was a good match. And on a show that had so many great matches, yeah, this was a hell of a title match. Uh, I think, for me... Uh, we're you know the Batman Superman thing. I'll say this, you know the 
there's there's a scene in the commercial where Superman you know tries to hit Batman and Batman blocks and just pushes him an inch. Kind of think Samoa Joe did that to Finn Balor last night. Yeah, uh, a little I, bit. I think we saw a little little fear maybe at the end of the match. Like Balor almost shocked he actually won and got out of it. I, I think he got a little handled last night by Samoa Joe. But yes, I don't know. Uh, Sean, what are your thoughts? I thought it was a weird match. I mean, and that's partly because of the blood. Oof. I mean, yeah. that's it, it, it really killed the momentum that was going into it. Yeah, you get a chance of let them bleed. And <laughs> yeah, uh, when they're having to stop every two seconds, it seemed like to. I mean, yeah. once they were able to get to Joe and wipe it all off, then he pretty much stopped. Mm-hmm. I think it was just a matter of he had to slow down for about all of three seconds to clear it off so they could see it wasn't as bad a cut as they thought it was, as I thought it was, because it looked like he got hit, he got cut bad, but when they were able to wipe him down enough, you could see, oh, oh, well, right in that spot where you normally see a guy busted open in an MMA fight, yeah, you can see why it was going like it was and then stopped and... That happened fast, man. Mm-hmm. But and it it bothers me to a degree that whenever you're in a in like a pay per view type setting that you stop the match, I, I can somewhat understand whenever you're on network television doing it, but it, it kills the re- the reality of the the realism of the match by stopping it so that they can clear off the blood. Yeah. I can see stopping if you can tell a guy is really injured. Right. Like with what happened with Neville when it should have stopped right then and there. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, for something like that, you know, maybe have him wipe the blood off when Joe's not on camera. They're focusing on Balor, you know, in the ring or something real quick and not show the guys running in there and... Because I think if they did it right, they could strategically have done uh, wiping the blood off without having to stop the match. Yeah. Of course, yeah. you don't really see many people bleed anymore, so. <laughs> yeah, you don't. And he certainly did bleed quick, a lot, and often there with that cut. Yeah. Uh, but they were they, on it. Still produced a hell of a match, I think. I mean, uh, Joe, with all that, I think got very over in the match. Oh yeah. I mean, we we you know previous times we've seen it where fans are kind of booing Samoa Joe and they were cheering for him. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Whereas again, I I say Finn Balor, you know, I, a little chink in the armor there. He, he really got handled. Samoa Joe hurt him. So with some of the losses we saw last night, let me ask this: uh, We see where Sami Zayn lost, and the fans are are. Giving them the the farewells kind of salute, you know. Thank you so much, and you know, and he might be gone to, to that main roster officially. Well, what about some of these other losses, do we see Samoa Joe go to the main roster? Uh, no, I actually think he's going to be the next NXT champion. Okay. Yeah, and- I mean, they, they tease that that is going to continue. Yeah, the way it, the match think, went. Right. All right. So I don't think it's it necessarily like, over with. 
Yeah, it almost makes it seem like Finn's going to want one more match to prove he can beat, you know, he can not do a roll-up pin or like what basically what he did last night. He wants to be a, he'll they've had Finn basically to where like he wants to, you know, hit his big moves and that and then get the win. They I can see them doing where he wants that again and that costs him the title. Yeah. Then he goes up to the roster. Could be. We'll see. A lot of dream match options. So many, so much talent that they have. And I mean, we kind of saw that this could ha- would potentially happen when that WWE Network came about. You know, you're going to want international talent. And hell, if they're not getting the best international talent, and uh, yeah, and from some everywhere. of the guys I never thought I'd see join WWE: Finn Balor, Nakamura, Samoa Joe. Joe, Owen, Sane. Aries, just... Rude. Yeah. It, They're it's... getting everybody coming in. And I'm betting a lot of this right now is because of uh, Red Cross being a main sponsor, it seems oh. like. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, uh. I don't mean to make fun of the guys getting hurt and that, but it seems like every week... We're hearing a new injury is happening. It's like, uh, and it's guys you want to see. Yeah, Luke Harper. Uh, that one, that was like, are you God? That, that, that I did not want to see it all. I was hoping he was going to have some kind of mania payday. Yeah. But Bray getting hurt, Neville getting hurt. Oh, it's a lot to and do with that. Forehand, de- Owens and or, uh, Cena, Rollins, yeah. Orton. Yeah, they look at the depthness of the roster. You know, where can we pull from? Where can we move? And they definitely needed uh, some high-paying free agents, so to speak. And, you know, they did that with some of these TNA guys, which I'm just happy they're getting that opportunity. Uh, so they're in the, in the fold. AJ Styles, huge acquisition. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. And, of course, as like we saw last night, Aries and Nakamura. You know, Aries is some of the matches. He uh, there's a lot they can do with Aries. I'm just wondering what they're going to do with him. Hopefully, he won't go to waste. I'm a little yeah. worried about him. He he could be someone who just I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with him. But real quick, want to shout out to the chat. We've got let's see, Ted Turner's WCW out there. Got another listener who's elsewhere. Good to have you on board with us. Uh, let's take a look. Got a couple chats going on. Again, PW Pop nonstop. Go to pwpop.com forward slash listen live. All right. Everyone is messaging in. A lot of good stuff. So tonight, the big event, the Hall of Fame. A lot of good guys are going in this year. Uh, and girls and women. Uh, one in particular that I was hoping was going to get put in, of course, with Miss Jacqueline. But... Mm-hmm. Let's look at some of these names that are going in tonight. You know, I figure we could talk, you know, a little bit about some of their matches, moments, memories, uh, and uh, I don't know. Let's let's start out to you, Sean. Uh, who would you like to start with? Who who tonight is someone you'd like to discuss? Uh, the most deserving of all of these, I think, is probably the Freebirds. Oh yeah, yeah, especially that they're in Dallas. Where they basically made their name with the Von Erics. Mm-hmm. Most of the Von Erics are in, so I mean, you got to have their big rival in there. 
you got to have the group that helped make them who they were. Because I, they... I, I don't know if you don't have the Freebirds. I don't know if a lot of people would have heard about the Von Erics outside of Texas. They did a lot for them, indeed. I mean, they they did a lot for the industry. I mean, they were one of the first ones to use music for their entrances. Uh, you had the Freebird Rule with tag teams. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they brought to the table uh, just by being who they are. Mm, badasses. That's who they were. Starting all the way back in 79, working under the Bill Watts. And put these guys together, and they were just nothing but bad news since day one. Mm-hmm. And those uh, Von Erich boys, man, they got an ass whooping from them. <laughs> and they gave, and they got one right back from them, <laughs> from the fans as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Who ever thought you'd hear about that? Yeah, look it up, folks. Look some of these old matches up on the WWE Network. The world class matches. You see the Freebirds try to leave through the fans or out through you know the arena. It is pretty bad for them. There's a lot getting thrown at them, other than fists. Yeah, or when they got had to stay in the cage because the fans had surrounded the ring. It's like, uh-oh. Security was not at a premium that day and age. Yeah. No, no. And, you know, how, how it all began, like, really, the, the feud. You know, I've watched the match a few times. Well, I forget right now, though, which Von Eric was fighting Ric Flair. Maybe I, it was Carrie. I think it was Carrie. Was it Carrie? Okay. I think uh, it you was, can, too. You can assume it, yeah. So Carrie's fighting Ric Flair. You know, things happen, flares down. Michael Hayes, special referee, tells him, go for the pin, get the title. Of course, a good guy can't win by underhanded tactics. That's just too much for Michael Hayes to handle, and he just lays the boots on him because he just laid out that world title for the Von Erich boy. So that's how your feud starts because you can't jump on a free bird without the other two coming in. Yep. That's how they should start something like that for a team feud. Oh, it was a hell of a feud. Uh, but then we saw different incarnations of them and some individual successes. I mean, as we know, Gordy had great success in New- in uh, Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. teaming up with Doctor Death Steve Williams as the Miracle Violence Connection. Mm-hmm. And that team, of course, comes back to what WCW. And owns the Steiner Brothers. Who? Never thought you'd have seen that one. I mean, <laughs> for you fans who may not remember or forgot or need to recall, please look it up. Let me tell you. Um, oh, my God. Steve Williams, Terry Gordy, watch them live. Come to the Baltimore Arena. An idiot fan reaches out. Terry Gordy uses a explicative to Terry Gordy. And grabs Terry, and let me tell you, I've never in my life, just right there, seen someone get knocked out. Boy got knocked out. And the, the security <laughs> guards just drug him out laughing. You idiot. Um, uh-huh. And You're looking at the guy like, what were you thinking? Yeah, I think, and I remember Rick Steiner seeing this and like, oh, shit, Terry's in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably thinking, ah, oh, crap. I mean, not to mention, you got to deal with Dr. Steve Williams, who I think was it Taz says is one of the strongest men he's ever been in the ring with. Just raw power. Steve Williams. So, but uh, so you have success there. Then 
you've got a split off where, I mean, hell, well, Michael Hayes, U.S. title victory over Lex Luger. Who saw that happening? I didn't see Hayes, you know, doing anything more than tag titles. And then, you know, he gets that and it's like, wait, he can wrestle singles. Okay. <laughs> Who saw that coming? <laughs> yeah, it, it very unique. And, you know, I was surprised as hell to see him do something of that nature. And then you saw a new version of a Freebird team. Uh, and, um, and, and, of course, uh, hold on. It's escaping me. Jimmy Jam Garvin. Coming in, who I mean, Jimmy Garvin, excellent wrestler back in the day, valet precious, his wife. I was a big fan of uh, Jimmy Garvin, and he just had that charisma, had hair. He was just all about yeah, yeah, yeah. He just oozed Freebird. Uh-huh. You guys remember he had, that? He he had that that I'd say Ric Flair charisma before Flair had it. Oh. Because that was basically the same type that he was. You just, you never saw it before. And then when Flair came along, you've seen a few people with that type, but never to, you know, his extent. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, you might have a point there. I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Garvin's association with them started back in 83, as he would teams with, team with Hayes and Gordy, you know. But then he branched off, went to JCP, you know, Jim Crockett, NWA, did work with them. We're on the uh, Great American Bashes, but then they joined up again. I think what was it, eighty nine, with Hayes and WCW. But eighty nine yeah. or nine. Yeah, uh, great, great stuff there. Uh, <laughs> they were, it, it, I, and of course, the memory of unfortunately, they're on the free bird. And what's your excuse? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Wouldn't it be horrible if, as a rib, someone played that tonight? <laughs> that that'd be funny, I think. I I don't know if all the fans there would get it, but you know, the diehard fans would understand it and just start just like, oh God, I can't believe they did that. I'm a free bird. What's your excuse? Fans, if you don't recall, it was a intro for them. They're gonna debut their new song, Jimmy Jam Garvin and Michael P. S. Hayes. And well, the audio didn't kind of work. The track was off. It didn't help that Jimmy Jam Garvin actually didn't know the lyrics. <laughs> 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 Which was quite evident as when they came out, it was just uh, a fail spectacular. And you know, if I can actually... Oh, uh, if I wonder... Well, which Clash of Champions... Was that, a, that was a Clash of Champions, wasn't it? Oh. I think so. Ew. Although it was a fail that ended up working out for him. Because usually you fail like that and it's you're done. You you can't recover. And they went along with it and it, it worked. I don't think anybody knew how it worked, but it worked. Oh, like usually you see that and it's like, oh, no, cut the commercial, cut feed, something Get the cameras uh, off them, and they stuck with it. They, they, <laughs> the fans are booing. <laughs> Jimmy Jam's like, I don't know the lyrics. Uh, I do. So funny. Uh, we'll try to get that information out to your fans, remembering on which one that was. But funny there. But uh, Michael Hayes could talk, put asses in seats. Was of course the spokesman of the Freebirds. Had the moonwalk. Had the hair. It's pretty sexy. 
Hence, P.S. Purely, purely sexy, indeed. <laughs> oh, and it worked too. Uh, let's also recall, I believe, feud with Junkyard Dog. I believe so. Yes. He even blinded Junkyard Dog. Oh yeah. That was huge. Oh, I almost forgot about that. That was huge. That's heat, folks. That was yeah. pure heat because there wasn't a, ba- a better, ba- a bigger baby face than JYD Junkyard Dog, who. Oh, I was a huge fan as a kid. How, how couldn't you oh, like? I was too. I mean, yeah, come on. I mean, it's junkyard dog. How couldn't you be a fan of him? Puts a smile on my face right now, thinking about what he did in the ring. Sylvester Ritter, rest in peace. Uh, so, you know, you have all of that, all that good stuff, all the stuff they did. In, you know, fights versus Ric Flair, great stuff. P.S. Hayes, I think could have maybe been a world champion at one point, but maybe his own demons held him back as they mm-hmm. did. Uh, some of their situations in the WWF, because don't forget they were there, correct? Uh, they were there time. for, yeah, well, right before WrestleMania. Exactly, and unfortunately, Andre the Giant, the boss, had other thoughts about the Freebirds. Yeah, whenever the Giant speaks, you listen, and yeah. you know what he said <laughs> to them, right? <laughs> These guys are effed up. Uh, because, you know, the Freebirds were the Freebirds, and Andre didn't like the fact that they were coming in being unprofessional in his locker room. And he wouldn't have it. And the next day, the WWF not. didn't have it. <laughs> wow. what what? How much of a difference would they have made had they gone to the WWE at that point, WWF? What do you guys think, Sean? It, it would be interesting to see what would happen with the, them and the British Bulldogs or them and the Hart Foundation. Yeah. Oh. Or any of the teams, or the Rockers when they started. Oh man, I mean, oh yeah, yeah Rockers you... versus Freebirds would have been great. Oh God, demolition. Well, you probably wouldn't have had demolition though. Yeah, it might have lasted that long. I mean, how you could throw Crush in there down the six man. But you're right. Those just right there, Hard Foundation versus Freebirds, dream match. British Bulldogs versus Freebirds. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. I, I can see them double teaming Dynamite Kid because he's, you know, Dynamite Kid and just working them. <laughs> Terry Gordy, I mean, d- been described uh, from Ric Flair as being as good as Barry Windham in the ring. Mm-hmm. That fluid. Yeah. So. And you go back and watch their matches, and now knowing all this, he's like, they were ahead of their time. Huge amounts ahead of their time. Oh yeah, but uh, you know we, we we you know we look at the good. Let's look at about something the other stuff here. Let's see, uh, Freebirds. What else? Who else has been associated with the Freebirds? I believe we have Bad Street, <laughs> Brad Armstrong under a mask. Uh, originally oh, he appeared as Fantasia, but uh, I believe Fantasia's that that name's used. I don't know. Anyone ever seen Fantasia Disney? I have, yes. I haven't. <laughs> Never been there. And then you have Big Daddy Dink, which one of my favorite wrestling names. Big Daddy Dink for Oliver Humperdink. See, and like, I don't, you've got to have the good with that. the bad, though. I don't even remember that part. 
whenever they had Big Daddy Dink. You know, oh yeah, Sir Oliver Humperdinck. He was a yep. manager for them for like a, a year of that. And then, of course, Little Richard Marley. He was a Rocky King in NWA days. Great, guy, great wrestler. Uh, you know, one of your enhancement guys. Uh, but they brought him back as Little Richard Marley. He was kind of a little ringside pest, as it's listed here, but. Good stuff there. A lot, a lot of good there. Managers. Uh, let's not forget Diamond Dallas Page managed the yep. Freebirds. Mm-hmm. That's where I think Page got a lot of his style from. His in-ring mannerisms and whatnot were from the Freebirds. Indeed, indeed. And hey, hold on. We got a Kevin Credit inciting. Let me go ahead and add him to the call here. All right, is that a Kevin Crittenden? Hey guys, sorry I'm late. The Twitter King finally told your boss to shove it, huh? No, no <laughs> I need the job. <laughs> no problem. Good to have you on board, Kevin. We're talking about a little bit about the Hall of Fame, uh, starting off with the Freebirds and just going through some memories of the years. You know, uh, Michael Hayes winning the U.S. title from Lex Luger—that's a big one. Teaming up with Jimmy Jam Garvin in WCW, starting off in 79, uh, just uh, their antics, the Von Erichs feud. Uh, what about you? Do you have, I mean, I know that is a little bit before your time, but have you gone back and watched any Freebirds or videos? Or what What do you know about Freebirds there, Mr. Twitter? I haven't seen the early, early Freebird stuff, the pre-network stuff, but I have seen some of the WCCW stuff, which is pretty good later 80s in um, uh, early 90s WCW, which is, I think that was a bit past their time as well, but that's when he had uh, Jimmy Jam Garvin with him, which was pretty interesting as well. So, And I remember him, uh, distinctly remember him um, being the original manager of the, the Hardys when they came in. Dox Hendricks? Yeah, he was the manager of the Hardys. Yep. Yeah. In the, I think 90, 98, maybe 99, before before yeah, they before started the feeding with Ed and Crichton. And, yeah, and then uh, and then they went with the brood. I think they I don't think they turned on him. I just think he sort of disappeared. I'm not really sure around that time. Yeah, because it was right after that when they when the Hardys joined up with Gangrel, you pretty much stopped seeing Hayes on TV. I think that was like his send off type thing, you know, trying to get one more team up there. And then he went into the office and look where he's now, down in the office. One of those people that I would love to sit down and pick their brain. Oh God. Him. There's several people I'd sit down and talk. Um, I think I talked to him, um, Jim Cornette, Jr., and Paul Heyman. Those four had been around, Altogether, maybe three or four decades of wrestling, spanning decades of wrestling, and have seen it all as from like from a fan perspective to being in the business to being behind the scenes. You know, it's just it's amazing. Yeah, Hayes would be the first one I'd want to sit with out of that group. Mm. And of course, you know, he there is you know the issue he does have a lot of controversy towards him, but you know, I I think it's he. I can't really stick up for him, but it's a, he's a byproduct of his time. You know, you, he was raised in the South, and that's kind of, you know, at his age, that's pretty much what's commonplace back then. And so everybody thought it doesn't make it right, but, you know, it's I can see why it's sort of like a stuck-in-your-ways type of thing. 
I, I don't know if I can go that far. I know. Like I, I said, mean, I don't. I don't think it's right. But when I see things, when you see like really old racist people, and it's like, oh, that's just how it was. It doesn't make it right, but it's just like, you know. It, whenever you're, whenever you're in management and you're doing something like that, I, I, I have a hard time. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And yeah. like I said, it's going to be interesting to see some of the clips they show if they uh, try to edit out the uh, Confederate flag on their face and stuff, you know, the face paint. <laughs> that, that I think is a little bit different because, I mean. <sighs> they used to come I to the ring with the Confederate flag, right? Right. They did. They did. I mean, and that was a, a symbol of theirs for the most part. But I, I, I think that's a little bit different than what was happening backstage and at some parties that PSAs was at. Um, I'm curious. The is this that he had. Sean, right? Huh? Is this you, Sean? Yes. You sound so much different than when you do uh, on shooting from the hip. Your voice sounds a lot clearer and crisper. I, I smoked a lot. Mm. So did you guys get to watch the uh, JBO interview, by the way? I didn't get a chance to watch that, but I think they might have asked him about his incident with Mark Henry. Did they talk about that? I haven't seen it, no. I've heard it's really, really good. Hmm. have to look that up. Well, anything, the JBL in the table for three is the closest thing we're going to get to a shoot interview on the W Network, which is pretty good, so. Yeah. Did we lose Greg, or is he just listening? I don't know. Uh, one second. I think he posted something in chat. I think he fell asleep. Oh, yeah, he'll be right back. Ah. After these I was say, I was hoping he's still there. <laughs> if not, we're not on the air. I, I would imagine that the getting back to the, what you're talking about with the editing, I would imagine they're going to do as much as possible mm-hmm. not to show anything that they would deem controversial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking Speaking of racism things, did you see uh, the WWE.com posting recently about the faction warfare? No. In the finals, they had this little tournament of the greatest factions of all time. And for the final factions, it's down to the original DX versus NWO. And for the DX, of course, they have the original um, HBK and Triple H. Mm-hmm. China's not there. And then for the uh, NWO, there is clearly a photoshopped picture of uh, the giant where Hogan's supposed to be. So it's Hall, Nash, and the giant for the NWO. <laughs> I have a problem with that. I mean, if yeah. I do as well, yeah. It's, it's, you know, yeah. It, it's one thing to not have him show up on television anymore. It's mm-hmm. a whole other thing to erase history. To completely yeah. erase history, yeah. Like, I, I know, I don't want to tiptoe towards that, but it's sort of like the thing when, when they talk about you know, WrestleMania past and history and stuff. When they show WrestleMania 20, they show they show Triple H and HBK in the ring. And so I understand why, but it's just like erasing history, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's a whole different thing of uh, somebody making racist comments and somebody committing Absolutely. murder. Oh, of course. Yeah, I, didn't mean to, you believe that's what I didn't mean to compare the two. I'm just sort of bringing in a sort of re-editing history situation. To me, it would be in your best interest not to show anything from that match. Oh, absolutely, of course. You know, just I ignore mean, the ignore the matches in entirety. 
Yeah. It's a shame because that was probably one of the greatest triple threats of all time, and now it's kind of lost to history, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially with what happened after the 20 main, ev- main event with Eddie and Chris in the ring. Yeah, that... I Two was watching that never... on the net, and um, they actually... I remember after that happened that... Um, um, yeah, Chris's wife came into the ring, and his son as well, and they've completely edited that off, of course, and that make, it just ends after they hug in the ring. So, yeah, it's death. Mm. So, what we're gonna talk? We're gonna wait for Gregor's gonna keep talking. What we're talking about here? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to make an executive decision? We move on to the next uh, inductee. Yeah, uh, I think you're higher up on the food chain than me. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know about that. Um, who who would you guys like to talk about next? Who have you guys talked about already? Just the Freebirds. Just Freebirds. Um, I think. Uh, um, how about Big Boss Man? Boss Man be great. Yeah. I, he, you know, I've heard a lot of people complain about the fact that Boss Man is uh, being inducted. Uh, mm-hmm. That they don't they don't see how he and they compare him to. The, the standard bearer of Coco Beware. But I, I think they underestimate how good he really was. And I don't think they take into consideration what he was doing in the NWA whenever Dusty first got his eyes on him and the yep. character that he was portraying at that time. Now, if I'm correct, and I, I know I wish Greg yeah. was here because Greg could reaffirm that, um, they did, uh, Hogan and Big Bossman actually had a really good series of cage matches, um, it was mm-hmm. house show matches that did a lot of good business in the late 80s. Correct, yeah. And big Bossman was, a, was mm-hmm. a big deal, I mean. I believe that know, was around the same time that they were starting to do the t- Twin Towers versus the Mega Powers. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's too bad we couldn't get Alario on here to talk about Akeem, the uh, African dream, or as I call him, <laughs> Alario, the Australian dream. It looks all like Ari Alario, so it's pretty funny. Yeah. I, I'm just wondering how everybody's going to react to the slick coming out because when is the a last lot time of we fans was, was it the don't, AJ probably don't know who he is. Was it uh, the AJ Daniel Bryan wedding the last time we saw Slick? I think so. I mean, he doesn't show up that often. Yeah. Uh, I don't I think a lot of people are going to know who he is. I hope he comes out to uh, Jive Soul Brawl. I really hope they let him do that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think the people that go to the WWE Hall of Fame would know because I think that's I think it's geared towards those types of fans. Yep. It's not like we're talking about that. the. It wouldn't, it, I can't imagine that young fans are going to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, I mean. I was just going to say, because, I mean, the young fans really don't know Sting other than what they've seen the last year. And that's been two, one match and two matches, a few appearances. Yep. Mm -hmm. They didn't really do. I really wish, you know, uh, this is one thing that's bugged me this year is that for the past previous years, the video packages for the Hall of Fame entries have been great. They've been fantastic. They've been three, four minutes long, spanning their entire career. For, but this yeah, year, they sort of this year they just sort of go and hey, this person's in, and then they show a couple thirty second clips, and then they're done. No music. It's just like done. You know. Outside of Sting and the Freebirds, yeah, it's just been ho hum. Sting and the Freebirds, it didn't seem it didn't seem as 
like grand as when other people win in. You know what I mean? It could have just be because of who's going in. I mean, it's uh, to be honest, this isn't the the creme de la creme of inductees this year. Absolutely, but I th- I really wish they would. For as much um, they own, pretty much every single library. There, I mean, no, they don't own everyone, but they own the, the biggest, one of the biggest libraries in the world for wrestling tapes. They mm-hmm. could use any clips they want to show to teach people about, you know, their career and why they deserve to go in. And I can see why certain people will go. Why do they deserve to go in when you see a video package? It's only like thirty seconds, or you know, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean. With- I guess we'll jump ahead a little bit, but like, I don't remember whenever they inducted the Godfather in, whether they mentioned the, his time as Papa Shango or as Kama. Same thing they did for um, Rikishi. Same thing, just showing clips of his ass. That's, you know. Yeah, yeah which is, which I think is a disservice because, I mean. Absolutely. You're, you need to really show all incarnations of that particular person. Because I, I look at it more as, yeah, that's fine. You're putting one particular personality in for the guy as far as who is his time in WWE. But I think you should show the entirety of the guy's career. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to induct somebody like that, you know, Godfather, boss man, induct the person mm-hmm. and yes. say, hey, this is who he was. Because Godfather has basically been Godfather the whole time. Do you think they're inducting like, the character just for marquee I, value alone? I think it's. Uh, I think it's because if you. Like, for okay, example, the, the for, Godfather for example. in his entirety should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. The Godfather, just the Godfather, I don't know should be. Mm. Yeah, because if you go back to you know Papa Shango had one of the biggest botches of all time. And Hogan's match with Sid. Yep. I mean, probably the biggest pay-per-view botch I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know what would be funny, and I know it won't happen, but if they could get Zack Ryder to induct uh, the Godfather in the Hall of Fame, and he thanks Papa Shango for injuring all the other wrestlers so he can get on the card. <laughs> uh. Have have somebody come out as Papa Shango put a doing the curse thing and then have Godfather walk out like, what are you doing? Oh my doing? God, have Biggie be Papa Shango? That would be awesome. Uh, he's kind of busy. He's got to induct uh, the Freebirds. I, I, could, <laughs> I, I could see the New Day inducting, um, this is basically, they'd be like, something, something, booty, something, something, booty. Michael, holds, Michael Hayes is a racist. Good night, everybody. <laughs> he's walking off the stage. This award is booty. This nomination is booty. <laughs> well, Greg, we moved on a little bit. Uh, we went yeah. to uh, the Big Boss Man. Oh yeah, hard times. One of my favorites. Starting off with Big Bubba Rogers way back in the day. Jim Cornette's bodyguard to handle Dusty Rhodes and other people. One of the first uh, indestructible monsters. Oh yeah, when Dusty yeah. hit him with that chair that wasn't gimmick that he thought was gimmicked, and Bubba. You know, cracked right over his head, one of his old school wooden slat chairs, knocks his hat off, and he just removes it, grabs the hat, puts it back on, and Dusty showed fear for one of the first times in his career. One of one of my favorite one of my favorite stories with uh, Bubba Rogers. Uh, it was at the time that he was came in was squaring off against Dusty, and you know they 
they pull up to the arena and they have somebody that that opens the door for you and get your bags out and everything and there's fans all waiting to see you as you're walking into the building well the attendant closed his hand in the door Uh, and you know this is a time he's not supposed to show pain or anything like that so he's grimacing you know trying to make it where he doesn't show anything and he's mumbling on his breath my man the door my man the door and the guy's not seeing it, and then all of a sudden he realizes, oh, he closed he closed the door on his hand, and so he uh, opens the door up, and Bubba Rogers walks into the arena, and as soon as the, he got behind the walls, he goes, ah! It's <laughs> <laughs> like, son of a bitch! Yeah, that's right, he can't hide anything. Yeah, you know, he, you know, he, he was, he, he had to make sure, you know, in that day and time, you know, fans are always waiting for you everywhere to get that picture, what have you, and yeah, he mm-hmm. hit it yeah. and protected it. Did and, any, any one of us oh. here have um, a big boss man? Uh, what was, what were this called? The, the plushies? What were they called? The Basham the wrestling brawler? buddies. Yeah, wrestling buddies. Anybody yeah. have the big boss man one? No. No, the only one I ever had was a Hogan one, and I didn't have it all that long because I don't know what happened to it. It got lost somewhere. I had a Sting one from WCW that talked. That's awesome. And he did his little, ow! (laughs) 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 For me, yeah, it was was Bubba Rogers, and then uh, him, you know, Bubba moving up and getting the chance in the WWF under, you know, the guise of the big boss man. Cobb County, Georgia, you know, and he was bad. Had that awesome sidewalk slam and his feud with a Mountie. Oh, yeah. He only got better. And I'll tell you, there was a run. There was a time where I thought he should have won that intercontinental title. I think I think it's when Kurt Henning was was wearing the belt. His matches. Did he he ever win a title in his original run? No, No, I I don't think so. I don't think he won a title until. He came back and was wearing the right hardcore, hardcore. Yeah, he was a yep. hardcore champion. Maybe tag team champion. Uh, I don't think so. I'll check real quick. All right. But yeah, seeing him coming as a big boss man, that was great. And then, of course, teaming up with Akeem, you know, under the, uh, with Slick, the, the formidable tag team, and those two, boss man and Akeem. And uh, see, I've always been a big fan of his, uh, of Ray Trailer. I mean, rest in peace. Uh, oh God! The, I mean, come on, when he was driving off with uh, the Big Show, that his, whole yeah, oh, <laughs> on the casket. Oh, God, man. he had the huge <laughs> megaphone, the big speaker on the top. <laughs> I wonder the if they'll show that, and then you know, cut a camera to the Big Show to see his reaction. Give me a favorite. Can you have a clip? Can you play yeah, his I'm, his speech? He gave to um he gave that poetry thing about Big Show's dead dad. <laughs> uh yeah, let me let me see here if I can find the because I, I remember of course we all remember the scene WWE does play where he shows up at the, the funeral. Oh god. <laughs> Big Boss Man was tag team champions with Ken Shamrock. Mm. Under the mm. corporation. Yep. Yeah. Ah. Another name that doesn't get mentioned too much. Ken Shamrock. Yeah, I would say that eventually he's got to be an inductee. Yeah. He was a big part of the Attitude Era. 
Oh, yeah. The way, the way he's been slamming Triple H ever since he left, I don't think so. He doesn't like Triple H. Uh, I did find the, uh, <laughs> I found Big Boss Man interrupts the funeral of Big Show Father and then the full segment. Oh, God. So long. Uh, I mean, and it was just funny because he's coming in with a Blues Brothers type car and, yeah. I mean, it is, it's, uh, it's so outlandish. <laughs> he's got that big old speaker on top. It's like, oh, God. Uh, let's, here, let's just listen to him going off on the Big Show for a second. This is so funny. Dad. I love you. You're a good man. And everything I have in life, I've learned from you. Now, what in the hell is Big Show climbs on top of the hood of the car, gets thrown off of it, and now the big boss man is getting a chain from the car. Daddy always wanted to be a hook. drag queen, Big Show. I'm gonna make him a drag queen right here, right now. He's gonna drag the, the coffin. Uh, <laughs> no, no, Greg. Hold on, hold on. goes and there's the big show hopping on the coffin while the big show is driving off <laughs> <laughs> and then getting roll then that big old roll he does oh yeah that's oh, a huge God. roll oh all right kevin i'm sorry what was that buddy do you have the you have the speech that he read too i've got it right here if you need it uh <laughs> i let's see the speech uh the man came prepared with notes. He gave the poetry about Big Show's dad being dead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, if you got it, go ahead, buddy. I don't have the video, but I got the oh. quote right here. All right, go ahead. So there's my little little PW Pop poetry slam. With the deepest <laughs> regrets and tears that are soaked, I'm sorry to hear that your dad finally croaked. He lived a life full of dreams on his own terms. Soon he'll be buried and eaten by worms. But if you had a son, if I had a, could have a son as stupid as you, I'd have wished for cancer, so I would die too. So be brave and be strong and get your life back on track. Because the old bastard is dead and he ain't never coming back. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is too much. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Big Show's dad really die like about 10 years before that actually? Or did he actually die during that time? I believe it was 10 times. I, 10 years ten, before that. Yeah, it was before way. Because I think uh, Big Show said that his dad died whenever he was a, a kid. I think it was before he started wrestling. Yeah. 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 And then couple, uh, some other quick notes about Boss Man, though. Uh, after his WWF run going to All Japan, and this is where I was looking up on the New Japan app, 
the, some of these matches where I'm watching Big Boss Man teaming up with Kendall Wyndham and Stan Hansen. Uh, I never knew those matches existed. I had, n- I had no idea any career outside of that. And then, of course, eventually showing up in WCW. Um, and, you know, that, uh, and the Angels, or, or the Guardian versus Big Bo- uh, Big Van Vader. Uh, not one of yeah, the well, there was a lawsuit uh, filed whenever he went to WCW because it was too much like the Big Boss Man. Oh, the Guardian. He was, I think he was being called and they made him change it. Yeah, the Guardian Angel, he was renamed to. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, that wasn't the best. I mean, his career in WCW wasn't that good. You know, he came back to WWF for a while. You know, revised Big Boss Man, moved his way up to the CIA or SWAT team, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Big Boss Man SWAT. Um, I said, big fan of his. Any incarnation, he was great. And uh, well deserved for the Hall of Fame, at least in my book. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If not for anything else, then for the, some of the feuds he had. Because the feud can make or break your career. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, have you guys, who who has, did you guys talk about the Godfather? Uh, we touched on him lightly, uh, but we didn't really get into him. Okay. I mean, I. For me, I'll say this: If you want to dive into Godfather, I mean, uh, God, Papa Shango. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I said, biggest botch in WrestleMania history. Oh gosh, when next to that shooting star press. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call that a botch as much of a miscalculation of where your opponent was. Good point. Good point. Remind me again. I thought uh, it was when he ran in late for the run-in. What What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, it, yep. he ran in almost a minute late. And it's like, <laughs> oh, boy. So now, here comes a late drop. Then... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead and finish. You're fine. He was talking. Go ahead. Yeah, because Hogan hit the leg drop, and it was supposed to be at that moment, at least from what I've seen and heard and read up and all that, he was supposed to slide in as the leg drop. Well... He was still running down halfway down the aisle <laughs> when that late drop hit. It's like, oh, and you could just see, and you, if you stop it at one moment when you look, and you look on his face, he, he just has that look of, I am so fired after tonight. <laughs> yeah, it was just bad. And, and unfortunately, it was bad in a match between two guys that can't cover up really very much. No. They did not know how to fill. What were you going to say, Kev? Um, I don't think he was supposed to feud with Hogan, but I've seen a clip a long time ago. It might have been at least, and it was Papa Shango. Um, I think it was my name with Mean Gene. He's outside of Hulk Hogan's dressing room, and he's got a whole a Hulk Hogan actor. He puts a curse on or lights on fire or something. Um, remember that? No, I think it was Warrior. He put the curse on. Yeah, I mean, I remember no, the Warrior not. making him puke and you know getting I something that, so he can get his voodoo. Distinctly remember a Hulk Hogan oh. action figure. Hold on, keep talking. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, they made, he made a Warrior bleed from the head. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. We, uh, you guys, we reviewed a match the other night. It was. Um, it was WrestleMania, WrestleMania Seven. It was Warrior, Warrior Savage, and it was Miss Elizabeth and um, 
what was the other girl? What was her name? Sherry Martell. Mark, Sherry. And I just realized that every single person in that match is dead. Yeah, definitely has something to do with what we're talking about now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah, that match though probably but, had the yeah. most heartfelt moment you've ever seen. Oh, at the end of that, yeah. Oh my God, that's on Elizabeth. Reunited. And, and that, that ties into the emotion that we do miss sometimes in wrestling that's lacking, and that none of these really people that are getting nominated are lacking. They brought some kind of emotion, and we can re- recount uh, specific things all of them did that brought out that emotion, like Papa Shango. I mean, the ultimate warrior getting sick, the the bleeding of the head, just the look of Papa Shango, very unique and intimidating. Those tattoos, his face, I mean, terrifying at the time. Mm-hmm. Didn't see much like him. No, no. Uh, very unique. And then going out, you know, leaving for a while, USWA for a while, Catch Wrestling Association, you know, JBL's favorites, you know, Organization always point out under Otto Wands, but returning as comma in 1994, the ultimate machine and ultimate fighting machine. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. He's <laughs> a ultimate fighting machine, like Kung Fu fighter with a Kung Fu grip. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I will fight you. I am comma. I, you know, Kevin, I want to reach out to you on this. Let's start it off. Comma, are, are you familiar with when comma came in that character? Not quite. Kevin. I mean, I remember. Sorry. <laughs> Fish to him. No, you're just trying to get your uh, attention. No, I w- it was in my. I was doing my uh, my uh, my uh, pay per view reviews through the '90s. I got all the way to 2000, by the way, and um, I watched that whole sort of post Hogan era where things were pretty muddled, messed up. But um, I think at that time was that was when UFC started. Around that time, what well, that's why they brought him in as that character. I, um, I'm trying to think of why they brought him in. I mean, it was brought in as a story. Let's see. Rumors Papa Sean character was going to be brought back in a storyline involving Bob Backlund. Uh, but he just came back as a, just an ultimate fighting championship inspired fighter, shoot fighter. I'll say this being this, you know, from back in the day, uh, I did watch, start watching some UFC fights at the time. It was something where you can get on VHS tape at a local video store. And I mean, when you can watch someone get kicked in the nuts ten times and he doesn't drop, I gotta get that tape and pass it on to a friend. So, because <laughs> <laughs> that dude did not drop, I'm still amazed. Twenty years later, uh, her plus, uh, but and the fact that he uh, did he ever have kids? That's one thing you gotta wonder. Like, uh, hey, they ever pee again or to come out of his ass? Uh, <laughs> yeah. right, where he went in, you got kicked that hard. <laughs> but anyway, Kama came in pretty devastating. For me, the big standout thought about Kama is the match versus Shawn Michaels. It was that tournament for, I believe, for, was it, no, King of the Ring, Kama Shawn Michaels. That was, that went, I think, time limit draw. I thought it was damn good. I don't know if you guys recall that match. Um, probably if I saw about three seconds of it, I probably would. Yeah, I'll, I'll just mark that as, you know, maybe I'll try to find it and get that posted. That was just one match that stuck out through time in my head is Shawn Michaels versus Kama, uh, King of the Ring. Uh, both were eliminated because I believe it was a count out or time or what have you, but it was a great match. Uh, probably the only thing Kama did that was anything for me noteworthy. Uh, what about you guys, Richard? Any thoughts on? I I don't think he did much. Honestly, as Kama, yeah, I just had you know that match with Sean and got knocked Remember he, out. Uh, melted the Undertaker's urn and made a necklace out of it. 
Oh, forgot about that. That's right. He did. Whenever the whenever Million Dollar Corporation was uh, feuding with The Undertaker. That's right. Oh, my God. Uh. He went through some. Oh, man, you're right. I forgot about that. Good stuff there. Uh, uh, and that was was that as no, that was as comma. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then eventually lining himself up as the Godfather with the nation. And then turning the Godfather into <laughs> pimping ain't easy. <laughs> Surrounded by his hose. Oh my God. That was an era of wrestling, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was weird that he would, uh, he'd actually had some women who ended up becoming wrestlers. Uh, yeah. Victoria. Mm hmm. Lita. Lita is one of his hoes. Lita. <laughs> <laughs> of course, look, yeah, you, you know, you kind of look back at that. It's like, wait a minute. Lita? Hey. Yeah, especially when she was with Edge. and Lita, hey, she's a hoe. <laughs> I remember you were a yeah, hoe. Are they going to let uh, are they gonna let him come out with hoes during his Hall of Fame speech or no? Or just let him come out with, like, divas or something? <laughs> Probably haven't come out with the divas. Oh, there'll be you know, hoes. I don't school. think that would. I don't if think that really goal over too clever, well. If they really want to be clever... Have um, Snoop Dogg come out with a bunch of hoes or something like that, kind of like clever, kind of lead into it. I don't know. I'm envisioning I, Dalton Hardcastle, kind of, you know, his kind of entrance, but with hoes as a chair for the for the Godfather. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know how you can have the Godfather come out without a hoe train, <laughs> a, a literal train of hoes yes. <laughs> <laughs> that has the word hoe on it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh what my if God! Dallas comes out, then it would be a bow train. <sighs> uh, yeah. It, uh, so from there, changing it all around to right to censor, and that was a unique gimmick with Stephen Richards, uh, Bull Buchanan, <laughs> Bull Ivory. Yeah, I was always a fan of Ivory. I think that was a great role for Ivory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was really good in that. She was so pissed off at people screaming at him. The outfit was great for her. The look, yeah, that was that was good. But right to censor, that was fun. That lasted about a year, and of course, then going back to the Godfather. You know, he he claimed to have gone legitimate. You know, but it didn't take long till he had to be surrounded by hoes again, thanks to Val Venus. <laughs> oh God! Let me say something about um both. Um, it would you know Rikishi and Papa Shango because I know I mean sorry Marty Wright Godfather you want to call him um, both of those guys you know despite not having great success they had memorable characters multiple memorable characters and they also spent together both of them spent ten plus years in that company you know through you know the end of the Hulk Hogan era to the new generation to the Attitude and almost into the Ruthless Aggression era so it's like they were around a long time. Yeah, I mean, you look at his resume as far as titles go, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, tag team champ with Bobby Cannon, and he was an intercontinental champion one time. Was he ever the hardcore champion? I know one of his hoes was. No, nah, I just said two. <laughs> That's it. Just those two. Yeah. It actually makes sense for a hoe to have a hardcore championship. <laughs> yeah, like referee. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone had a chance at that. When you wanted to hop aboard the, hold on, the hoe train. <laughs> Not quite the same, I don't think. Yeah, no. Hold on. 
Ho train. It shattered glass. <laughs> no, okay, I tried. We don't have sound effects for hoes. <laughs> <laughs> you should have some. Wait, I'm sorry. Somebody will have some. They pre mug. <laughs> too funny, too funny. So, uh, and then, I mean, career kind of winded down after that. Uh, let's see. I mean, well, he runs a strip club in Las Vegas, right? He is a successful business owner, indeed. Uh, shows up I here. I like how you put that. <laughs> hey, you know, making money ain't easy. But he has a business, I believe, with his wife. Mm. So, uh, looking a little bit out, out of his career, I mean, he started off as the soul taker. I kind of remember that. I don't. That I was, don't. I believe, uh, I'm trying to find... I thought it was global, but he did that. But it, it's not saying he was in global. That was, it was USWA. Okay, Soul Taker. That's old school. But good guy getting into the WWE Hall of Fame. A little bit of a surprise for many people. I mean, are you guys surprised he's in? I think he should be This in. year, yeah. Mm. I mean, you kind of figured he was going to go in eventually for – what he's done, what he did over his career, the some of the stuff he'd been involved with, but of course, I mean, now it's like it's not a matter of who's going in; it's a matter of who's left to go in. That's why I think this year is an interesting year because they're sort of running out of A-list headliner people to induct in the Hall of Fame. Now they have all this sort of not B-list but undercard guys that were the backbone of the company for many, many, many years that they can they can have a couple off years and induct some more people, and then you can start inducting, like, like for the last couple of years, weren't they inducting nine or ten people in a year? Ridiculous? Not numbers? No, I think it's about what we got right now. It's yeah. One year they inducted, like, nine people. It's just eventually you're going to run out of people. The only thing I would say about his eligibility of being in this year, I would have chose Val Venus. <laughs> Before him, because uh, I mean they're about the same uh, time period of wrestler. So if we're going to go from somebody from that time period, Val Venus is a better wrestler. Let me throw something out there and say, why not one of the tag teams we've been wanting, like Midnight or Rock and Roll, or I, I think you got that with the Freebirds. Is that why? Okay, so maybe yeah. next year then. Maybe next year we'll get the we'll get to see that. Were they at next year for Mania? Uh, they're in Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. Oh. I mean, Lex Luger next year. Uh, uh, Florida. That's where he got his start. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, he's going to roll his way into Florida. Hey. He's gonna be on vacation. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Bryan's like the lead guy next year. Could, yeah. So Lex, Lex could be the guy right underneath. I mean, you know, I'll think about Florida legends, you know, the Graham family, things like that, uh, maybe mm-hmm. going in. Um, Ah, induct Dusty again. <laughs> uh, let's see. So let's move on. We're going to talk about maybe Jacqueline now. Jacqueline Moore. Yeah. Yep. Definitely a, 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 a case of people really reacting, going who or why. Do some fucking research, people. I was getting angry. I had to school some people on that. On what? Yeah, I saw your post. It's like, what I happened? didn't even know the, some of the titles she had held. She I mean, is a women's wrestler. I mean, she laid the groundwork for a lot of these, you know, Sasha Banks, 
and all these yeah. girls for today. Oh, yeah. Sweet Georgia Brown? Come on, man. She was a workhorse. And she wrestled everywhere around the world. Let it I be think known. she was a 15-time USWA champion, women's champion. Yeah, first and pro- I think only ever female cruiserweight champion. Uh, for, I think it was the first uh, fe- uh, African-American female to hold a women he- women's heavyweight championship. So she's she's a trailblazer. She definitely deserves to be in. Yeah. And and look like you just don't mess with her. She's going to beat the guys up. Mm-hmm. I mean, just she like could. Sherry Martell. Yeah, exactly. And starting off back in 88 is how far her, her career goes back. So for me, she never aged. Incredible. Uh, wrestled, uh, I'm looking at some notes here, in the Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, FMW. Did a tour there, which is a big deal. Women don't go to FMW. You know, did a five-year t- stint in USWA, and that's really where she met a lot of people, worked with a lot of people, and really got that push. And did everything. I mean, I'm seeing here... What a, getting involved in a mud pit match, and it doesn't matter. She fought everyone. Downtown Bruno, <laughs> so much fun stuff here about her. But you guys, and I assume you know pretty much everyone knows her from WWF, correct? Yes, uh, in part, TNA. Yeah. And I remember yeah. her. Wasn't she was she managing Harlem Heat for a while after Sherry? Or was that for the tail end? I can't exactly remember when she was managing them. You know, I want to say I, you're right on that for maybe a day or something, you know? I did not remember yeah. that. I thought. No, I think the only one that managed Harlem Heat was uh, Sherry and uh, Colonel Parker. Yeah. I'll look just to make sure, though. Yeah, I could be wrong. I know she, she debuted she, she as the manager. Of, I can't remember who she was. She, uh, she debuted as a manager of Kevin Sullivan. Yeah. That's what it was back yeah, in the You're right. She she briefly managed Harlem Heat. You're right. She's correct. Oh, she right. did. Okay. Uh, there was a Midnight. Uh, she was a Jamaican-born Afro-American uh, female bodybuilder. The- I didn't know she was Jamaican. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Harlem At Road Wild, August 9th, Jacqueline became the manager of Harlem Heat. Uh, then she fought Disco Inferno. Ha! <laughs> I remember that match. Man, he got his ass kicked. <laughs> I felt bad for him. I remember that, too. And I was like, watch. I've, I've gone back and watched it. A few, a lot of WCW stuff. And seeing her going against him, it's like, oh, no, you know, he's going to get his ass whooped. Poor guy. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, she couldn't do much. As well. I mean, you know, not just her wrestling career, but she was also a host on Tough Enough for... I think every single season in its original run. Yeah, she was a relied on badass. I mean, yeah. she would set everyone straight. You know, a, a locker room leader in the woman's side, uh, most definitely. Um, came back to WWE, had a feud with Sable. Um, then started the group PMS. <laughs> Pretty big. <laughs> <sisters. laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, World Championship runs. Various storylines she's been involved with. I mean, she never stopped and then went to TNA for, oh my God, nine years. She was there that long? 2004 to 2013. Wow. What, Miss Tennessee? It must have been on and off because I don't remember her being in WWE that long. Or was it TNA? Yeah, work behind the scenes, actually. I know on a lot of this, uh, but, you know, somewhat in and out. But then. 
Made a last return in 2013, and then finished not too long after that. Uh, Right now, I think she is just retired. Yeah, it seems that way. I mean, ah, damn, she's a badass. Third degree black belt in Taekwondo. Of course, we know she's good at kickboxing. Did she? Whose ass did she kick? I remember she got. Who who did she uh, put the boxing gloves on the fight? Oh, was that um, when she was with Mark Marrow? Was she because he was training her to box? I think. That could have been it. Yeah, when she was fighting. Yeah, then she whooped somebody. I mean, she whooped him bad. <laughs> I can't remember I who it was, but I do remember, remember seeing that. It's like, um, oh my goodness. She was on somebody's shoulders one time, and I think Sable ripped off her top, and they showed her uh, titties right live on TV. So. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> yeah, it incredible, good career, well deserved. I mean, I've always kind of wondered that. One of Jerry Lawler's favorite wrestlers, as he had a lot to do with her, the start of her career. Oh, that's uh, right! I forgot he was um he was down there for that at that time. He was down there for. <laughs> Is that still his promotion, or did he not have a char- in charge of Memphis area anymore? Uh, well, I, I, I mean, you mean right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I mean, he might have some doings. He might support it, but I don't think he has any real ties to any organization down there. Mm. But good stuff for Jackie Moore getting in the WWE Hall of Fame. Well-earned, well-deserved. Uh, so I guess what? Move on to maybe... The Lariat, Stan Hansen, man who invented the Lariat. <laughs> Long time coming for this guy. Uh, starting his career back in 1973, mm. going way back. Uh, coming from the infamous West Texas State College football program, like many other wrestlers. And becoming good friends early on, two years into his career, with, of course, Frank Goodnish. And they would eventually team up together. And, of course, that is Bruiser Brody. And that team, Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen, (laughs) broke a lot of bones. There were two guys you didn't mess with. No. You seen them coming down the street? You go across the street and hope they don't see (laughs) you. You leave town, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or that, Since yeah. we Stan Hansen in, and I, I think Abdullah the Butcher went in as well, um, do you think that Bruiser Brody will ever get in? Or do you think they'll make him part of the uh, the Legacy Award that they, induct, they made for this year, or like in, f- in future years? Uh, my two cents, due to the fact that how he died might be why, if they're going to do that legacy that they've now created, that's where he would fall in, I would think. That might be. Yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this would be the perfect place for him to get inducted. Being in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of Texas. Well, Jacqueline's from Texas. For the Hall of Fame this year. I think, um, who else is from Texas in this class? I don't think um, Godfather made his name there, but, you know, the Freebirds were. I can see them doing certain things in certain areas that totally made sense. And same thing for Florida. Either they're from there or they made their mark there. Mm-hmm. Which you've kind of noticed that last few years with the where they're at at Mania, who is who they're inducting. They're in an area where they made their name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is smart because if you're trying to get uh, people to come to the Hall of Fame event, yeah. what better place to do it than uh, drawing from the audience that was watching them through their career? Yeah. 
Because, I mean, you're not going to go and say Orlando, Florida and induct somebody who made their name in, uh, I'm just going to throw Washington, state of Washington. Because a lot of people there aren't going to know who or why outside of the fans who come from all over the world or all over the country. Now, when they do a if they do a WrestleMania from Washington, do you think that's when they induct Daniel Bryan in? Or do you think they're going to wait a few years? I think they'll do it immediately. Yeah, because like, that's like what they did with Edge. Would you rather have them wait, though? No. No. Mm-hmm. The, only, the only reason why you would have them wait is that you can, <clears throat> just in case you have a year where you don't have somebody that you can induct that's a headliner. Mm-hmm. That you yeah. just have him as a fallback. But, That's a good idea. But that would be the only reason why you would do it. But the main reason why they have the Hall of Fame is to make ticket sales. So yep. why, not do, not, why not do Daniel Bryan? Because he's going to guarantee a sellout. If they keep, oh, yeah. it, but let's, well, let's be completely honest. The main reason they do the Hall of Fame nowadays, the Hall of Fame ceremony, is it, it's a marketing thing. It's you know put them in the DVDs, it's put them on the T-shirts, and to sign them into... Legend deals, am I correct? That's the only way, and part of the way they're getting into the Hall of Fame is they sign those deals, right? I don't think they all have to, because I don't think Jackie signed a, a Legends deal. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I think it's sort of like their thing, but I, I, I With do. With some of I, them, like, I could see a Legends yeah. deal for there being the reason. But, I, you know, I don't think that they did it with Stan Hansen either. Oh, good point, good point. Yeah, because JBL's come out and said many times that's where he got the inspiration for his clothesline. Was from watching Hans growing up watching Stan Hansen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a hell of a clothesline. The one that allegedly broke San Martino's neck. Put him on the map. Yeah, that was and how that was the only one that he had broke <laughs> is beyond me. <laughs> Especially since he couldn't see what he was hitting. Exactly <laughs> nothing. Uh, then eventually down the road, you know, his time in the AWA. Was short, but very infamous. Mm-hmm. I mean, he comes right in, beats Martel for the title, going into the new year. But evidently, a month later, no shows a title defense, and then uh, drama, issues, arguments occur, uh, happen. And do you guys remember what happened to that title belt? No, I don't. Uh-uh. Uh, well, he melded back to Gagne, and it was ran over by his truck. Oh. Yeah, the uh, yeah. yeah, he got stripped of it, and he was, and so due to that, the AWA threatened legal action if Hanson continued to carry the belt, referred to him as the organi- organization's champion, even though he wasn't there and he was going to all Japan. So Hanson reportedly, reportedly responded by running over the title belt with his truck, mailing it back with mud tracks still on it. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Take, take this job and shove it. Uh, spent most of his time in New Japan and All Japan, making very good money, um, and becoming and just being devastating. Teaming up with Vader, teaming up with Bobby Duncan Jr., Terry Gorey, Ted DiBiase, and Ted DiBiase has noted that that, that was a huge honor in his career to get the call from Hanson to say, "Hey, hey, brother, you want to team up with me in Japan? Are you kidding? Yeah." <laughs> and this is way before Million Dollar Man or anything. It's like, you get that phone call, it's like, yeah, let me think. It's like, you know, the whole John Cena arm twisting thing. Yeah, let me think about you got it. 
Mm. Yeah, incredible. And then uh, a little note. <laughs> I've got a story to tell. Yeah. Wait for you to finish. No, no, this what do you got? Hilarious. What's the story? What do you got, buddy? There is breaking news outside of the WWE Access Center. Um, there are religious protesters outside of the uh, WrestleMania protesting the event. There is a man with a sign that says, God sees you. Oh. And you know what the fans are doing? They are chanting what at them. Oh, <laughs> I fucking love wrestling fans. God. That's so interesting. Oh, There's a picture boy. of a man standing next to him. He's holding both of his WF title belts while the guy's holding the sign This is fear God. Why? Oh, that's right, because it's publicity. Somebody, right. You know what somebody should do? They should have like a big cardboard cutout of Triple H going, I found God! <laughs> Based <laughs> H! Yeah. Yeah. Remember, Mick Foley bumped for our sins. All oh my right. God, that would be awesome. So, all pro. Very devastating. Hanson, one of the few to win the Triple Crown Heavyweight Championship, defeating Terry Gordy, June 1990. Uh, fought Hulk Hogan, lost to Hogan in Japan, but yeah, we all know. Uh, dislocated Big Van Vader's eye broke his uh, right out of his socket. Man, you guys have all seen this match where Vader's putting his eyeball back into the spot. And if you haven't, look it up. It's available. It's insane. Have you guys Just all seen? Don't this? have a weak stomach when yeah. you see it. Yeah. I mean, I, was, hope, uh, yeah. I hope Vader wears pants to the Hall of Fame induction here. He doesn't wear Ugg boots because that's, you know, pretty disgusting. <laughs> Anybody saw that? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, ending the career, going back to All Japan, 91 2001, Mitsuharu Misawa, incredible matches with him, all stiff. Noah, he went everywhere and then announcing his retirement, January 2001. And uh, since then, has really, you know, been retired. Hasn't really done too much outside. Uh, did the Mid-Atlantic Fan Fest a couple years ago, the NWA one, the one I'll be going to again this year. I wish he'd come back to that. That would be great. But uh, good guy, smart man, kept, saved his money. Uh, badass. Uh, for me, a standout match, we'll go around the table on that, is when he came in. The, I really never directly saw Stan Hansen wrestle. We didn't have the tape training in the early, early 90s, late 80s. So my knowledge of Stan Hansen is just reading in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, knowing what he did to San Martino, and then seeing him come in and beat the living hell out of Lex Luger and take yep. that U.S. title from him. Halloween Havoc, I believe it was. Uh, have you guys seen that, uh, Kevin? Are you familiar with that? What was the clip he just said? Uh, when Stan Hansen came in and just destroyed Lex Luger, taking that title. No, I have not actually seen that. I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of that era yet. I haven't gotten to it. I mean, you want to say about Lex Luger just getting owned? You should go ahead and play us a clip, Greg. Let me try to find it real fast. Uh. uh, uh. <laughs> Okay, there's, I'll try to find there's no audio clip. Yeah, that's it. how I used to hear about Hanson was the PWI, and then it's like, yeah, it's like he, it almost seemed like you know for the most part he came out of nowhere. I mean, if you didn't read the articles about him, it's like, wait a minute, who's this guy? But reading the articles, you knew who he was, you knew what he did, and then it's like, you, you can see why people are afraid of him. Yeah, yeah, he was. I'm sorry, I wouldn't have wanted to take a clothesline from that man. I wouldn't have a head. No. 
I don't see any videos of um, Lex Luger getting tagged. There is um, some videos of uh, Lex Luger shooting on um, Stan Hansen, but I don't see anything about the uh, any that video in particular. Yeah, no, it, it was just a great it. match. He beat the hell out of him, finished off with a lariat, sent Lex Luger packing essentially with that loss uh, for the night. Uh, he just didn't do that right. to Lex Luger at the time. Video, I have the I have the Bruno Sammartino Stan Hansen match, steel cage match, right here. If you want it. Oh, no, not really. I'm sorry. No, I just don't want to. Oh. I can't play the match right now on the air. It doesn't make much sense. Well, I didn't know if you wanted to save it. You know, oh, I already put it on Respect the Matt Wrestling what? Podcast earlier. Thank you, though. Oh, I actually yeah, do have that match <laughs> posted earlier. But anyway, so Stan Laird Hansen running down the championships. You know what? It's too much to announce, really. NWA titles, WCW titles, Georgia Championship Wrestling titles, Mid-Atlantic. Just everywhere he went, he was a title holder for the badass dip, you know, uh, tobacco chewing son of a bitch that he was. Big fan of his. Uh, well deserved to be in this Hall of Fame, right, guys? Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, uh, Richard, your thoughts on Stan Hansen? I assume are we on the same timeline of seeing him with in WCW handling Luger? Yeah. It's just like you never saw Lex. I mean, you saw Lex get beat up before, but not to that extent. Not to where it's like Lex just disappeared. In wrestling, we know it's give and take. You know, you got to make your opponent look good, but they've got to do a job kind of looking good. Luger didn't do a job looking good. He was overwhelmed and dominated in that mm-hmm. match. Oh, yeah. He was just. Oh. Ah, oh, so so violent. Uh, and he Sean just seemed wanted... like a legitimate badass. And he was, yeah. I mean, he rolled it with. Seemed Bruce to me like it was just the most, probably the most one-sided brawl you've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> you, you there, settle down. Uh, Who's that? Who was talking there? <laughs> that was my kid getting yelled at. Oh. Yeah. I think you're talking like your dog or something. No. Oh, too funny, too funny. No worries. And Bring then... the kid on the air. We'll, we'll teach him one, too. We'll teach him some wrestling stuff. <laughs> mm. uh, He's he has... a Cena fan, so. Oh, well, he doesn't know any moves. No. <laughs> oh, God. That cry... oh, did you guys hear about Izzy last night? Oh, my God. She flipped the fuck out. They had to take her out of the arena because she was crying so bad after Bailey lost. Yeah, pretty devastating for that poor little girl, uh, seeing her hero get beat. But she'll, it's all right. It's not the last day for her, and it's uh, not the last guy we're going to be talking about tonight. I think we have uh, someone else to talk about in this Hall of Fame. We're going to skip over Snoop Dogg. Because he didn't, yeah, brought Bunny. Now, I don't know how many of you guys remember this theme song. Oh, dear. Going way back to uh, WCW NWA days, a man called Sting. He is going into your Hall of Fame this year. Uh, uh, wow. Uh, incredible career. A legend. That is Sting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we can all talk for quite a while on Sting. And I'm gonna, so let's just yeah. throw it out there. I'm going to throw it at you, Mr. Sean Big Daddy Brown. Sting. How long have you been watching him? What stands out? I mean, we all know he deserves it, but tell us about Sting and what he means to you as a wrestling fan. 
Uh, I saw him back from the very first clash whenever he took on Ric Flair in the time limit draw. Uh, yeah. That made I mean, his career right there in one match, even though he lost. Well, he didn't lose his draw, but that made his, that made his career. Yep. I mean, really, it was you had you had Hogan in WWF and you had Sting in WCW. Those were your two big faces. And they were the while Ric Flair was the one that was running the company in WCW, the one that everybody cheered for was Sting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Richard, what about you? I mean, Sting, he's been around forever, fought everyone. You're a big fan of him. Oh, yeah, I've been a fan of Sting since he started. And wherever he's been, with the exception of WWE, he's won titles. And he's one of the two WWE guys that are recognized as a former NWA champion. Indeed. Mm-hmm. You were you were a little stinger, huh? Oh, yeah, I was. <laughs> now, Kevin, I know Sting's career probably started a little bit before you were getting into it. But I know you're familiar with Sting from TNA. And what have you? But have you watched any old Sting? You know, Blade Runners or any work he does with Hot Stuff Inc. Yeah. Was that a yes? You gotten that far? That back, Greg? Not that old. Um, I'm Sting in his early or uh, mid nineties, uh, all up until the end of the company. Um, that is when I'm for most familiar with it. Was um, the end of the Surfer Sting gimmick into the Crow gimmick, which is coolest things um the cooler character transformations anybody ever did next to hulk hogan becoming hollywood hogan exactly yeah that that was that was a big time period for sting uh, he was very influential in that time and in, in his ability to not wrestle staying away for that year yeah that's a that was a big uh, risk on their part oh yeah usually you wouldn't have somebody just take a year off Especially somebody of his big name. Because, I mean, can you see this day and age? I mean, because it would be the equivalent of John Cena really taking off for a year. Being on TV but not doing anything. Right. I think he was also using that time off to not only develop the character, but also to recuperate from nagging injuries. Because before that, he hadn't really taken any extensive amount of times off besides being hurt in 89 before he won the title. I think. Well, yeah, I mean, he really couldn't take any time off. I mean, when he blew his knee out in that clash of champions trying to climb the cage, going after Ric Flair after getting kicked out of the horseman, I mean, you know, that was 89. That almost retired him right there, that injury. But, mm-hmm. you know, he came back from that better than ever. And when winning that world title from Ric Flair, Great American Bash 1990, uh, in another classic match, just like their first at Clash of Champions. I'm going to say this about Sting, and I love Sting to death, and I've loved him for the business. And but man, he is he a gullible motherfucker. People would turn on him left and right. And just don't worry, I won't turn on you. Fucking horseman, beat him up every time. Yeah, yeah, he he, you know, Luger turned on him, you know, things like that. But you know, but I mean, I'll, isn't that isn't that just being a face? Exactly, and that's what yeah. he always was. Oh, yeah, of it's 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 funny. It's funny though. I like it. Yeah, I mean, he was the face. He was always the face, and at least in his WCW run, NWA. But I'll say this for me, you know, growing up in that time, being a big fan of Sting and having such a big division between the WWF and WCW NWA, 
it, he was, you know, the blue chipper. He was the man. And I remember plenty of, of Prosing Illustrated magazines that were having that dream match of the century of Sting versus Hogan or Sting mm-hmm. versus Savage because, you know, there was Ric Flair and there was Sting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Sting fought everybody. I mean, fans out there, I don't know how much they know. I mean, it didn't matter who it was. Sting fought him, fought him 110%. And his matches with Vader, I just watched the White Castle of Fear match earlier from Super Bowl three. A freaking violent match. And he could, I think, uh, with Sting and WCW, he could make anybody look good. He, and, yeah, he and, made, yeah, indeed. You know, Sting Muda, exactly. B Megs in the chat. Good to have you on board. Incredible feud with Muda. Sting versus Anderson. Sting versus, well, I don't know, just about everyone. Or Sting teaming up with Luger versus Steiner Brothers. That elusive match that's online. I don't know if you guys have seen that match from Japan, but. Was that part of like a tournament, if I remember correctly? I think so, but Sting and Luger versus Steiner Brothers, and then I think they they brought that feud over to the United States. But hell of a match there. But again, everything Sting did versus the Vader versus you know all the Horsemen, Robocop, uh, <laughs> Elegante, Sh- yeah. Shockmaster. Yeah. But versus the movies Ke- leading up to the white ha- uh, <laughs> mountain of doom match. Oh, yeah! Spin the wheel, the make beach the deal. Movie he did with Bulldog. Oh God. Oh yeah. But he the fought. White Castle fear match. That one. Well, the oh, also was... the Black Scorpion. Oh uh, yeah. Did you see the Edge and Christian um, version of that where they edited themselves in? Into yes. the conversation between Vader and Sting about the White Castle fear match. Yeah, very yes. funny. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> very funny. Uh, Ooh, but, oh, uh, man. oh, shit. I don't know if you guys want to see this, but the uh, that WrestleMania 32 set, holy shit, that is, wow, that's really, really cool. No, nah, I'm going to wait until the actual yeah. Yeah. I wish I had seen it. I mean, I've seen things here and there of it being, you know, setting up but holy crap that is that is an interesting set right there yeah and i gotta wait till after i get out of work to watch it oh oh so, that's okay. yeah you know what yeah, you can do a... follow along on pwpop.com or tune in I, radio i don't know if i want it. to or not I don't, like it was like with yesterday's nxt i, I, I don't know if i want to or Wait, you can listen to live commentary provided by respect the mats greg papalukas Mm-hmm. Well, what he's trying to say is he wants to make sure he saves the excitement for when he gets home, I think. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you good stuff. You see me doing it, but I'm doing the cheap plug McFoley. It's like on PW Pop. Smile right into the camera. <laughs> you got to do the thumbs up. So going back to Sting a little bit. Every time, every time Greg says PWPop.com, uh, we get 25 cents. So <sighs> Who's we? <laughs> All right, so back to Sting. So from NWA, WCW, then going over to TNA, starting in 2003, 4, 5, you know, feuding with Jeff Jarrett. Did, I think, you know, for what it's worth, I think he did a great job in TNA, and it was a great opportunity for him to work with so much youth that they had there at the time. Yeah. He was, what, a six-time champion? Yeah, indeed, and like wrestled and learned under Eddie Gilbert and so many others. 
So working with AJ Styles there, uh, and you know, main event mafia, man, you know. But I think the big one was probably his feud with Jeff or AJ Styles. Would you agree? That or Jarrett? Yeah, I was gonna say I'd say more Jarrett than AJ, but mm, yeah. That Jeff Jarrett feud was pretty violent. And that's when what they were having those one day pay per views, like episodic pay per views. Yeah, whenever it was like every Wednesday, they would have a pay per view. Yeah, Dan. Uh, Dan has mentioned before he actually went to a bunch of those. Um, what were they called? Them the asylum. The asylum. Days? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nashville. Dan actually went to a whole bunch of those. He mentioned that in the uh, in his interview um, with Jeff Jarrett. That is awesome. Yeah, that that would have been cool to experience. You know, the original days of TNA in comparison to where they are now. I mean, but, where they are. <laughs> unfortunately, but uh, then of course, and finally, eventually, making his way to the WWE. And you know, I've got to say, obviously, unfortunately, you know, twenty years too late. Yes. To a point, glad yeah. to see it happen, but. Oh, let's be honest. You know, a sting in his prime in WWE, ooh, that would have been something. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame that there was a difference of opinion as far as what wrestling should be, as far as the character and the content. Since Sting was a born again Christian, yeah. that's what turned him off from going to WWE. Indeed. It would have been interesting to see what he would have done there, as opposed to going to TNA. Yeah, and that was it. He mm-hmm. did not like the. You know, the extremeness of the generation that was, you know, too hardcore for TV at times. And it was definitely too hardcore for him. He didn't agree with the way Vince treated his, you know, storylines with women. and mm-hmm. you know. Which is, it's interesting because, like, what, two years after that, it was. I'm sorry, what was, I'm sorry, what was that, buddy? Oh, good, Sean. You're fine. Go ahead first. Uh, I was just going to say it's interesting because, I mean. Like I think within two years he stopped WWE stopped doing that type of uh, programming. Yeah, yeah, and so it took some convincing, took a little time, but finally he had W uh, Sting in the WWE in a uh, match last year versus the game Triple H, also known as DX versus NWO. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Indeed, indeed. And B Meg's in the chat shouting out that they had offered Sting a million dollars in 1998 and he turned it down. Mm-hmm. Wonder how much WCW was paying him. WCW wasn't around. He, he said in 1998. Oh, 98. Saying. I'm sorry. Yeah, that maybe there was that payoff and it just maybe just wasn't enough, but he didn't want to join, went to TNA. Uh, I personally, you know, as it's being asked in chat, I wanted to touch on it, that the Joker TNA gimmick, I freaking loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it I was exciting it was different. and different. Yeah. Kevin, what are your thoughts on it? Did you like that little Joker gimmick he had for a while? I thought it was just like him, you know, going from surfer sting to crow sting. I think it was time for him to switch it up and do something a little different. Was it out there? Yeah, but, you know, hey, we... We're still talking about it years later, so it must have been something done, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. What about you, Sean? You enjoy that? Uh, actually, I didn't. And, and there's no reason why I shouldn't, because my problem was that it was basically just ripping off Heath Ledger's Joker. 
but I mean, he did the same thing with Crow, and I didn't have a problem with that. But it just, I don't know, it just for some reason rubbed me the wrong way. You know, I'll say the the interviews were good, as has been said, but his craziness, man, he just kind of went insane with it. And that's, for me, what kind of made it fun, you know, given that edgy character. It looked like he was having fun with it, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when they have if fun. Watch, yeah. If you were to watch TNA die slowly over the years, I think you would have gone crazy, too. So, <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, great to see him in the Hall of Fame. You know, well-earned, well-deserved again, like many others. Uh, <laughs> big deal that he's in there. Uh, unfortunately, no more matches for him. That match with Seth Rollins was, uh, I guess, his last. Uh, what are the reports on that, Sean? I'm hearing conflicting he, things. Yeah, he says he's not retired. Hmm. Um, the there's There's a lot of speculation about that, Sean, but... From every other place I've seen, the only place he said that was TMZ, and that's because they ambushed him, and I think he just said something real quick, and then he got in the car and drove away. But um, the only every other place he's interviewed or talked to, he says he's done. So I don't exact. I think he was just trying to get them to shut up. So, or WWE said, "Hey, you're done," for, until yeah. the Hall of Fame ceremony is over with. Maybe he announced his retirement at the Hall of Fame. It's possible. Could be. It could be. You're right. I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, can I say something? And yeah, this please. is this might got? bring up a lot of debate and a lot of divided opinions, but a lot of people think, especially younger fans, they're they think that with Sting Sting losing both his matches, both his high profile matches, they say that it tarnished his legacy. And I want to say first off, that is a crock of shit. That man had a thirty one year career. Two matches isn't going to ruin his legacy. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, not at all. That won't not ruin his legacy. It'd be kind of hard to ruin his unless he went out and pulled a Hogan. I'm I'm amazed at how quickly people want to tarnish legacies nowadays. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You got to think about all, all the legendary matches, all the feuds. You know, people are going to be talking about him, you know, Yes, he had a, he had a minor. He stuck his foot in the WWE uh, arena, but that is a minor footnote in his long glorious career. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's traveled all over the world. He's wrestled everybody. He's everybody multiple times. You know the biggest stars from every single from the previous generation to the current to the future. He he wrestled everybody, and he did a good job doing it. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm looking here at uh, Sting's resume on some things, and it, it brings back memories. I mean, he, the King of Cable tournament in 1992. Some of you fans might remember that. The King of Cable guy. I remember Jim Ross promoting that on Saturday mornings. Uh, you know, Battle Royals, Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup with J- uh, Lex Luger. Those pictures are priceless. And I posted those on respect to Matt. In- incredible, incredible career. Great man. Great to see him in there. Someone that all the wrestlers say is just good people. Never heard anyone say a bad thing about Sting. Yep. Same yeah. here. Haven't never heard a bad thing about Sting. Yeah. And professionally and in his personal life, I don't think there's any dirt really on him. And that's good. Just good people. Worked his ass off. Well earned. Well deserved. Being in that Hall of Fame. So I guess, uh, gentlemen, you guys want to slowly wrap this up? Yeah, I don't. 
there's no one else we can cover. <laughs> yeah, I think that is it. So uh, and we'll wrap it up for now. We may go live for a pre-show, or we might just hold off to that post-show where we are going to have talents from the walkabout. Jake and Alaria are going to be on doing the post-show with us, uh, as well as, let's see here, I know... We might even have some uh, calls coming in from the fans. But for our post-show tonight, we do have, let's see, Kevin will be joining us tonight. You think you're going to be making that uh, post-show, Mr. Twitter King? Yeah, I can um, make if it. If you guys want me there, yeah, I can make it. Okay, well, you are listed as being there on the schedule. Uh, and uh, so, but yeah, guys, if, if whoever's available, just message me. If we get too late, you know, let me know. I know some of you guys work tomorrow. Not a problem. But uh, we're going to have a little post-show recap for the Hall of Fame, talking about the speeches, the emotion, the, everything that goes on. It, I, I personally, one of my favorite nights of the year is the Hall of Fame. I love hearing the stories that you know they, they tell the fans, the appreciation that the fans give back, everything about the Hall of Fame. Going to make a little prediction, Greg, and want to see if you agree. Do you think that... Uh, do you think the horsemen are going to text Sting during his Hall of Fame speech? <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think it's gonna happen. Stay <laughs> uh, stinger up. Uh, yeah, they, you know, Luger runs it. Well, I would say Luger runs in for the save, but well, you know, it's a joking part. Yeah. So I want to say this. Thank you very much, fans in the chat. B Mags, we had Dean. We also have uh, the WASDTK show listening live on the mixer good to have you uh, listening with us uh, again my name is greg from respect matt we were joined tonight by uh, some great personalities so i want to sound them off saying our goodbyes the twitter king kevin say goodbye there buddy all so right Jedi, out <laughs> oh sean big daddy brown what do you have in closing uh good night people uh enjoy the hall of fame ceremony and uh See you tomorrow with the pre-show. All right. Mr. Richard, what do you have for us? Uh, nothing, really. I can't think of anything. All right. <laughs> well, happy Mania Day to you too, Richard, because it's going to be a hell of a day tomorrow. Hope you're able to get home in time to watch it and enjoy it, uh, the whole event. Uh, but for you fans, again, check with us a little bit later. I think we're going to be doing that post-show. We may even have you guys calling in. So, again, it is pwpop.com forward slash listen live. There, there you can listen in the chat, post your thoughts, and do the, of course, make sure you remember it is pwpop nonstop all weekend long. So, it's good times. And uh, if that's it, guys, I will just sound out and say thank you so much for joining us. Goodbye, so long, farewell, and be looking at the pwpop Facebook page for any updates for tonight's shows. Thank you very much for joining us and have a great night.